Hey, Danger Dangers here with a quick announcement. The nomination window for the 2024 Crit Awards closes on May 31st, and it would mean the world to us to have your help getting on the ballot. A link to the nomination form, as well as a document with some of our suggested responses, is in the episode description. But that being said, please feel free to vote for whichever shows you are most passionate about. Thank you for listening, and now, back to the show. Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real-play podcast loosely inspired by mechanics from Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I am your host and Crypt Keeper, Danger Dan Jers. I am Aaron. I am the Phantom of the Opera, our bard. As I recall last time, we were collecting our winnings and talking to our friend Marlo Bronte, returning after a wonderful dungeon crawl. And then I got to jam out with him and we had a lot of fun <laughs> and we switched some tabs around and everybody talked about stuff that was very important to them and Phantom absorbed none of it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ben Magnet. I play Mary Frankenstein. And last time we went through a puzzle dungeon where nothing got smashed, except maybe uh, something was forged. Instead, a friendship was forged. Oh my gosh. A true friendship <laughs> was made between three characters of our party. And then we learned some stuff. I had a pretty decent one-to-one moment with the Invisible Man. And then I also learned from Marlo Bronte that my creator, Victor Frankenstein, is still alive and kicking, but he's not doing anything of a real importance right now. So he's just... Pun intended, chilling up in the Arctic. So, hi, my name is Jordan. I play Larry Talbot, our lycanthropic warlock, also known as the Wolfman. Last time, I had a nice heart to heart with Emotep, talking about where we're going forward from here and what our goals are, and then ate some delicious peanut butter with a side of whiskey. And then had a nice heart to heart with the Invisible Man. And we all kind of came together as a team and committed ourselves to pushing forward with each other's goals. And then we found ourselves here where we have encountered a very mysterious and uncomfy situation. Hi, my name is Daniel Cruz. I am playing Imhotep the Mummy, our cleric. And yes, we went through a really nifty puzzle dungeon that was really cool. And Imhotep learned about one of the scrolls that he needs to seek being at the museum and sort of pulled away from the group as he tried to think about how to go about that until the Wolfman came and talked with him a little bit about it and, you know, started saying that some of our goals might align and we can work together. And then the next thing I know, they're turning me into relics to get into a university because I'm just a pile of bones. <laughs> That's true. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Grayson. I play Jack Griffin, the party's rogue thief. Last time, of course, as you've heard plenty of times, we did the puzzle dungeon. Jack had a checkers game with Emotep, and Emotep went easy mode on him, so he was able to come out with a few little extra perks. Jack did actually get Marlo's call sign, call card. It was like some way to contact Marlo, and we jumped ahead to this next location which i believe was like a university then things started getting really weird i think some people dropped dead and now we're rushing towards one of the main campus buildings it talks for this 
Oxford-ish. Oxford-ish. <laughs> I've said a whole bunch of different things, distancing ourselves from real-world England, and tried a bunch of different ways of calling it. Um, English is my favorite, and that's the one we're sticking with canonically from this point on. So you are in the world and countryside of English. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ah! Yay. <laughs> I have a practical question. <laughs> is Imhotep made out of 206 non-living objects? I hate this question. <laughs> Plus whatever extra bones he absorbed from the chimera. Oh, that's right. 210 or something. Grown boy. I give it an even 215. But that's a yes. <laughs> Uh, that's a tricky one. I mean, he is technically undead, right? Yeah, I guess I would say that technically any of his individual bones could be considered a non-living object. But not while he's assembled? The glowing runes are kind of where his life is coming from. I'm so curious about how this is a practical question. I know. I'm like, unless this leads to something really funny. <laughs> I have a feeling this involves a spell. Uh, cantrip, technically, but let's not get too, uh, too caught up. This will be a surprise tool to help us later. Yay, <laughs> surprise All right, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, let's go. <laughs> I forget if this is an interaction I already went for, but you described the moments preceding our time skip as a small song playing in our heads. Did the Phantom recognize that song? Yes, the Phantom recognized the melody as the Dies Irae. Right with what happened with us jack's just kind of like wiping the blood off of him i do want to give a very wary irisome look at the invisible man while prestidigitating my own clothes clean <laughs> <laughs> well that was a bit of a surprise there there was a, a a man that rushed into the the building north of us oh go now get him i'm just gonna sprint with Mary North. Jack's going to like run around the back area to make sure the person's not escaping back here. Before he does anything else, I kind of want Imhotep. He's still a little bit. I'm so upset that the word I was about to use was he's a little bit rattled. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll stick with that. He's a little bit rattled and he kind of like looks to the body and wants to do a quick examination if there's anything that he can pick up from this bizarre body that he sees in front of it before he runs uh, off. That's smart. Go ahead and roll <laughs> Arcana. Yikes. Okay. That is a seven total. With a seven, you don't know what the hell happened. Dead man, no face. That's normal. That's normal. That's normal. That's normal. <laughs> he takes off sprinting. You just hear it approaching. That's that's normal. That's normal. That's normal. And he just gets closer and closer as he joins the group. Ah! <laughs> All right. So I guess we charge into the building, except for Invisible Man. So what I'll say then, Invisible Man, as you kind of run around the backside of the building, you don't really notice anything there. The robe figure ran inside the building. Okay. And you said that we saw him run in at ground level. Yes. Okay. So I'm just looking for a way in now. So as you examine the building, you notice that there is a front door. Well, I'm at the back door. <laughs> Do I see a window at least? Uh, sure. Roll perception. Okay. <laughs> so that's a 15. With a 15, you do find some windows along the back, and as you're kind of looking in, you see a bunch of hallways that have various different classrooms on either side, 
and you do see another robed figure running down the hall, and you see more than one inside the building that are kind of going in and out of the various rooms. You can't quite tell what they're doing, but there is some concentrated cult activity going on inside this building. Okay, as soon as the room that I'm looking at is clear, I'd like to just slip inside. Through the window? Yeah. Okay, so... As everybody kind of makes their way inside, the rest of the team approaches from the front entryway following in where they saw the cultist running in before. Invisible Man climbs in through the window and is in the far back north of the building. So in the meantime, everybody roll perception. Cool. Uh, Wolfman got a 16. I got 18. 11. 14 total. 14 as well. Okay. So everyone who rolled above a 15, you can tell that about half of these rooms are empty. Invisible Man, with your 18, you can tell that the room to your left has multiple people inside that are kind of rummaging around through things. You can hear a little bit of clattering and commotion in that room to your left. Guys, over here. I will run towards him. I will also go towards them. And I'll just wave my hands to, like, slow down, be quiet. There's some people in this room right here. I'm not sure if they're going to be a pain in the ass or not. I wandered off. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) Good. So as everybody runs up the hallway to the north to rejoin the Invisible Man, the Phantom goes down to the west by himself. Phantom, make a perception roll. Oh, come on. Let's let's see it. Big money. 12. Mm. With a 12, you stumble a little bit. Something kind of catches your feet, but you don't see anything on the ground around you. Oh, it's time. Oh, and I'm so glad that Jack's not going to get to know this the first time I use it. I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to cast Sea Invisibility. <gasps> oh. That is a pretty self-explanatory spell, but please describe it. Duration is one hour. For the duration, you see invisible creatures and objects as if they were visible. Wow. And I can see into the ethereal plane. Wow. Ethereal creatures and objects will appear ghostly and translucent. Amazing. And this is just for you, right? Yes. Oh, that's that's so good. Wow. I can see the hijinks already. (laughs) (laughs) And so can Phantom. Do I now see something? Roll another perception with advantage. Okay, okay. Okay, 17. You still can't see anything in particular that you can link to what tripped you, but you do hear a little bit of commotion in the room to your west. As you kind of creak open the door to look in, you see a tall, lanky figure with the face of the groundskeeper or janitor or whatever we're calling him, who takes a look at you. You hear very faintly, the light lilting tune of the Dies Irae. He's gone. Huh. Huh. Mm. Uh, I would like to say huh aloud <laughs> and wander kind of over towards where the group spends. Hey, hey, Dan, can I ask you a... So, I think from the last time we established, we hear the Dies Irae and time moves forward. Instead of Phantom just wandering back, Imhotep kind of walks over and puts his hand on his shoulder, and that's kind of when he snaps back. That Imhotep is kind of teleported. Sure. Yeah, I'm fine getting that. What are you doing over here? We are all over here. Right, yes. (laughs) Yes, of course. 
and I accompany you back. Before Phantom rejoins you, is there anything that you want to do as a group without him, or do you want to just jump straight to him rejoining you? I mean, I guess the only thing we would do is just investigate the room. Jack, you said there were voices behind these doors? Yeah, I caught a few individuals rummaging through the room. I was wondering if I should just pop in, or if I should just call you guys. Um... (laughs) Can I use my keen dog listening senses on this door? Uh, sure. So you get advantage on smell and hearing based perception checks. I will count you putting your ear against the door as a listening check. So go ahead and roll perception with advantage. There's no window like on the top portion of the door, right? No, it's just a solid wood door. Okay. 15. With a 15... You hear the rummaging around and it kind of comes to a stop and you hear a voice say, ah, there it is. All right, so back to your math tutoring. And you hear just the slight scratching of chalk against a chalkboard. Oh my God, fantastic. They're teaching math in there? I think that's what I hear. Do we want to interrupt what is potentially a math lesson or should we search elsewhere and try to find our um, runaway robed figure? I say it's such as what they're doing math in there. That's no problem. Yeah. (laughs) Ew, math. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pop my head in and get the uh, quote unquote teacher's attention. The teacher that is scribbling some equations on the chalkboard turns back and sees the invisible man enter in and says, oh, uh, sorry. Yes. Can can we help you? Sorry, we're looking for the donation area. Do you know where that is? Um, donations. Yeah, I, I believe that would be um behind the main lecture hall. Um, if you, uh, were, are are you um are you patrons of the university? Are you students here? Are you uh, what what is it that you want to do? Uh, we're here to donate some artifacts that we found. Uh, just wanted to know. If this isn't the main lecture hall, then what is this building? The primary lecture hall is just a floor above us. So um, if you just kind of go around the corridor to the south, turn around to the west, and then back up to the north, you should see a staircase that will lead you on up to the primary lecture hall. At this time of day, it should be pretty deserted. It's normally booked out by traveling lecturers. We had uh, a few weeks ago, the last big event that we had was uh, Professor Abraham Van Helsing came in and did (laughs) a lecture on biochemistry and all that. The medical sciences aren't really my forte. I'm more a man of the hard calculations. While he's talking, can I run an insight check? Sure. Eight. What are you trying to gain insight on? Um, I just want to make sure that he understands, like, this actual building. I'm testing to see if he's an actual professor. So with an eight, he sees you looking at him inquisitively, and he says, um, Might I ask your name? You never, you never really gave any information here. What are you doing here? I know you said you wanted to donate something, but can you be a bit more specific? Well, see, that's the uh, thing. I was simply hired by some excavators over in Egypt, and we found some bones that we were told that we can drop off here. So we were just directed towards this area by a janitor of yours, and we were told that we can drop our findings here. Roll deception. But that's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Roll deception. 16. With a 16... He narrows his eyes a little suspiciously at you and says, All right, well, I've told you where it is. If you're going to do your business, please get out. We were in the middle of a private tutoring session and we would like to get back to it. So if that's all, I would like you to leave my classroom, please. Fair enough. Thank you very much. And then I'll just leave. 
Has uh, Phantom arrived at this point? I would say at this point, Phantom is back with the group again. I would like to barrel through everybody and grab the front of Jack's coat and like pull him in close. Oh, oh. you're dealing with a face stealer. I need you to do whatever your invisible thing is and memorize every face and outfit. Because if you start seeing duplicates, we're in trouble. <gasps> I didn't even put that together. Got you. I, I'm i going to just say that a face stealer is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. You are familiar with stealing, and I hope you're familiar with faces. <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with details. All I know is I saw that face of the janitor outside on a very different body 10 minutes ago, I think. Okay. And did you see a direction where they happen to go to? I got music again. <laughs> music? What? Oh, the same music that we heard outside. Yeah, exactly. I assume we're all hearing what Phantom's telling Invisible Man, right? Uh, yeah, it's a stage whisper. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah, Imhotep steps forward. So the music, it is significant. And it sounds like if we hear it, then we black out for a little while. He kind of nods, takes a step back, and I have a spell that I can prepare that I know would be useful if that's the case. Go on. Well, somebody do something. I have a silence spell where I can make everything around us dead <gasps> silent sure it takes oh. the sound out of everything oh oh but are we going to be able to are we going to be able to talk to each other though no okay but we won't be able to hear any singing can, like lip read mm. i'm not saying we use it now i'm saying that i can prepare it i mean if you're telling us this then jack's just gonna say yeah get it started she takes a step aside starts chanting and praying a little bit okay silence spell ready to go can i read my tarot card Oh, yes, we didn't do that for this session yet. Oops, all right. Card yeah. of the day, Wolfman. Card of the day is the world. Oh, and what does the world do? Uh, unhelpful. You have resistance to thunder, lightning, and force damage. Spells that you cast deal thunder, lightning, or force damage deal 1d6 extra damage. This does not apply to Eldritch Blasts. Ooh. So BS, but hey, if you need some lightning, Mary, I got you. Hey, sounds like the world sucks, but I'll take the lightning. Yeah. Dan, with the conversation that I had with the teacher and the student, would you say that Jack's got a decent memory for those two at least? Yeah, you got enough of a look at both the teacher and student to be able to memorize their basic appearance. Okay, is there a limit on how many people I'm going to be able to memorize? or I'm going to cap it at Four. Oh god okay i'm oh. i'm gonna pick to memorize the teacher at least okay has anyone dealt with a face dealer before is there anything we can do to protect ourselves like i might not have a great face but i'd like to keep it attached to my body if i can help it i just stay quiet because i know my face was 100 percent stolen but not like that <laughs> not like that <laughs> they were done using it well i can't say i've ever fought one of these before but I've never met a man that likes to be stabbed. <laughs> I don't know. I've met at least one of them that really tempts me. And with that, I'm just going to like walk to, I think, this side door right here. So you walk down to the south around the corner to another door to the north of you. Yes. And then I'm going to put my ear to the door and see if I hear anything. Roll perception. And then while he does that in my equipments bag... I have a bag of sand. Can I dump out the sand and put the bag on my face? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yay. Why not? 
Yeah, I'm going to dump out the sand right in the classroom floor, put two little tiny pinholes in the bag, and then I'm going to put the bag on my face. So this was actually kind of exciting because it's been a while since I rolled a 20. <gasps> yeah! Oh, nice! Nat 20! Nat 20! With your nat 20 perception, you overhear from inside of this classroom. Oh, damn it, I got the wrong room. <sighs> This wasn't Van Helsing's lecture hall. And you hear some rumbling and clattering around, and it's a voice that you can pinpoint as one of the members of Rainer's cult. I recognize that fellow. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pop my head around the corner, tell the party I think we found our target, and I'm just going to suggest that one of them stand at the door that I'm at, and I'm going to walk to the end of the hallway and make sure that there's not another exit. I will volunteer for that. I'll stand at the front door. I'm going to wander south. (laughs) Nice. I'm just going to post up at the door, and I'm just assuming that it's another possible exit. So I'm posting up at a second door. And Imhotep is in that nice corner spot where he can kind of just run to whichever door he needs to to assist with Kopesh drawn. Have Frankenstein go first. The way that Imhotep does this is he's looking at Jack, who tells him that he nods, looks to Frankenstein, and like does... Breach your team hand motions without saying anything. <laughs> like, you know, fingers circling in the air, pointing with two fingers forward. It's like a whole bunch of, like, hand sign language that's, like, no one understands. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And hieroglyphs. <laughs> Lots of birds. And I'm looking at Imhotep, I'm like, what? The lights of his eyes, they roll, and he kind of <laughs> mimes kicking the door in. That I understand. <laughs> so I'm just going to, like, calmly open the door. No, I'm gonna, I don't want to bust it in. It's a university. I may be a monster, but I do respect learning. So, as you, as you nice. slowly open the door and walk in, you hear Imhotep from down the hall. That was boring. <laughs> <laughs> I turn to Imhotep. I'm like, all right, fine. I kick it open. Yes. It's like already half open, and you just push it with your foot the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I will accept this. All right. Uh, so, as the door slams open, the cultist turns back and sees you in the doorway and he is afraid for a second and then grins and says well 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 <laughs> if it ain't mr tall dark and gruesome Ooh. still afraid of fire are you and he pulls out a little lantern well 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 if it isn't a person whose face i'm going to beat into absolute mush because I remember what this mother effer did to me, and I would like to go into a rage. All right, go ahead and go into rage. You are entered into combat. You and the cultist will both roll initiative. Okay, my initiative is... Shit, five. His initiative is one. <laughs> oh. So what I'll say with a nat one on initiative is you will catch him by surprise with your first attack, so you will get to roll with advantage. You do your uh, Storm Herald Lightning Bolt, so that is a Dexterity save? Uh, yep, Dexterity saving throw. So at disadvantage, that's a 12. 13. So with a 12, he does not save. <laughs> so that is a D6 of Lightning Damage. Yep. A 4. Okay. I Right before I rush in, I look over to Imhotep, I'm like, Imhotep, on me! And I rush into the room. Oh, oh okay, okay! <laughs> Warhammer drawn, and I'm going to not aim at his face, but I'm going to aim at his body. Okay, so go ahead and roll to attack with advantage. 
It's 11 plus 5, so 16. A 16 does not hit. Oh! As you go ahead and swing at him, he's a little bit frazzled from the lightning, but he sees the club coming, and so he dodges out of the way. And now it is his turn. He's going to take out a longsword, and he's going to lantern in one hand, longsword in the other, swing the lantern in your face to try and distract you, and then hit you with the longsword. Make a wisdom save. Not get spooked. 19. Very nice. That'll be just regular hit then. He gets no benefit from swinging the lantern at you. Okay. So he's going to roll to hit with the longsword. And that's a seven. <laughs> and you think when he swings at me, I block it with my Warhammer bone club and I just stare him down and give him a smile. It's like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. So before the next round of combat starts up, we'll jump to Invisible Man. As soon as he hears... Frankenstein essentially kind of go in. Jack's going to open up the door thinking that the enemy's in there in the same room and he's already got at least the dagger ready to go. Okay, so as you swing open this door, you open up to another cultist. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oops. That is scavenging around, looking through the different files and through books, looks up at you entering the room and hisses, and you see a couple of fangs. Ah, crap. And ready some claws. I think right now I'm kind of looking for Frankenstein, and then it dawns on me, shit, there's two rooms. So I'm going <laughs> to yell out to Emotep, Emotep, on me! <laughs> Emotep just kind of like, hey, who, the, who, I, the, who? <laughs> Splits in two. <laughs> Um, it's fine. Larry will just sit by the door, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Am I getting a surprise attack on this cultist, or...? I'm going to give you a moment to react and see what happens. It's going to kind of depend on what everyone else does first. Okay, does Jack see Emotep going a certain direction, or is he just kind of like standing there? I will say Emotep has not moved yet. Jack's going to assume that Emotep's going to follow, and then... Uh, I would like to say that Larry, hearing both people call out for Emotep, kind of looks over at Emotep with a sad face, and is like, "Ah, it's high school all over again. (laughs) Emotep, don't worry, I'll handle Mary's room. You go over to Jack. And so I'm going to walk up to this door. (laughs) Phantom's by another door. I'd like to throw it open. You throw open your room, and you see a really nervous-looking robed figure kind of rummaging around through papers, who looks up, sees you, ah, and then nervously pulls out a Kopesh. Not Kopesh, Scimitar. I was gonna say, he's stealing our brands, Daniel. (laughs) Son of a bitch. A rumph. A rumph. Emotep on me. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) You hear Larry shout, damn it. Oh my so, gosh. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but Jack's assuming that Emotep's already going to be following, so he would essentially <laughs> go in for, for his attack. Everybody who hasn't already, roll initiative. Eight. Uh, ten for Phantom. Eight for Emotep. I got a nat 20, baby. <laughs> and then, as long as I still have enough time, Jack's going to do a quick look around the room, see that Mary's not around, yell out two rooms, and then... Go for the attack. Okay. Invisible Man, since you're first in initiative order, you can go ahead and make the first move. Ooh, that's not bad. Uh, that's an 18. 
and an 18 hits. I'm essentially just going for a quick stab to the side where the possible kidneys would be. So go ahead and roll for damage. I got a five. Plus two because you're against an undead enemy, so that will deal seven damage. Ooh, that's right. And then do I have a bonus action or no? You can still use a bonus action. Okay. I don't know if it's a bonus action to draw my short sword. Uh, yeah, I'll say that's a bonus action. Okay, so yeah, now I have two weapons drawn. So I will say your weapon is drawn, but not ready to use this same turn. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So now it is the Frankenstein monster's turn. Ooh, this time I'm going to push his sword away, and then I'm going to try to hit him on his side with enough force to hopefully slam him against the wall. And I'm really hoping I crit, because what I want to do is have my guy burst through the wall on the other side oh to join Invisible Man. <laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. So roll with advantage, and if you crit, then you can do that. Please. Right. I will Please. take away one of my crits just to give it to you. <laughs> Please, dice gods. Please, dice gods. Okay, that's a 12. And damn it, it's a 9. Uh, yeah. 12 plus 5 is 17 to hit. 17 does hit. Good. Ooh. Essentially, like, baseball swing him in the ribs to hit him as far as I can to the opposite wall. So does he at least shake the wall? Yeah, I'll say the wall shakes. I'm going to give the wall an HP real quick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's 1d8 plus 5. 7. Not total. 7 plus 5. 12. Yes. Nice. So he will take 12 damage. Whack! He will let out a little gasp as he's pinned against the wall and you knock the wind out of him. As he kind of struggles to catch his breath, he says... Uh, oh, I see this smart feelings for last time. You wouldn't believe. Not so tough without your little group of friends now, are you? Okay, so now it is the Wolfman's turn. Oh, sorry. Is there any way I could pin him to the wall with my club, or is he just like... <gasps> I will say he's not pinned to the wall, but you have him kind of pressed up against it. So he's I... not grappled, but, okay. but positionally, but... that's where he ended up. All right, cool. All right, I'm going to blast him. So anyway, I started blasting and I rolled a 19 plus, I think, five. Let me double Ooh, check. That hits. Holy crap. So as you're about to blast him, I look over to the door. I see Larry and I give Larry the best, like, get him smirk. <laughs> and he's like rubbing his hands together. And then he smacks the top of his cards that send out a shock wave. And then I also get the added bonus of what little fun thing happens. What's the little fun thing that happens? The little fun thing that happens. Let's see. I drew cups. Hey, Mary, you gain 1d4 temporary hit points. Oh, damn. Yay. So my Eldritch Blast shoots out of my cards, smacks into him. I'll roll damage in a second. But the electricity that flows past you, Mary, kind of sinks into your skin and juices you up a little bit. So let me roll damage. <gasps> it's a 10, baby! Oh. What I'll say with that, too, that damages the wall behind him, and that starts to crumble and give way. Ooh, crush him into the wall. <laughs> Boom! There's a hole in the wall now. The two rooms aren't connected, but you can kind of see through from one room into the other. And the two cultists both look back at each other and look at all of you oncoming. They kind of nod and then prepare their thing that they'll do when it's their turn. But first, it's Phantom's turn. Can Jack see through the wall to Mary? Yep, the two of you can see through the wall. 
So I'm just going to peek around the side of my enemy and just kind of like wave. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Hey, buddy. Oh, oh do I roll uh, my D4 for my lightning temporary hit points? Yeah, roll a D4. Okay, I get two. Sweet. So those are just temporary hit points. So now it is the Phantom's turn. All right, I'm going to do a vicious mockery. Wonderful. Onto this cultist, of course. Okay, so he's going to roll to save. And that's a 12. Hell yeah. So tell me what the insult is. If it's a good one, it crits. Oh, <laughs> oh please. So I never understand it. All you cultists wear the same thing, and you manage to make it look so much worse. <laughs> and that's going to crit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt. Because he's already scared to begin with and nervously holding out his scimitar. Oh, and then perfect. he looks down, looks back up, and as you see as he looks back up, there's tears streaming down his face. <laughs> oh my god, is this the new guy of the cult? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, wait, I want to go be his friend. <laughs> it's my first day. I don't think I wore this right. Just go easy on me. His belt's on backwards. His hood's in the front. I just want to imagine since he's back at university and now he's getting made fun of by the cool kid. He's just getting flashbacks of all the time he was bullied in high school. Oh, my God, this poor oh. guy. Let's adopt him getting bullied by the theater kids again in any case so then i'm going to move 30 feet away but i want to slam the door behind me is that a thing that i can do uh sure how much damage did that vicious mockery do that's right uh seven i rolled a four and a three Ooh. all right so he takes seven damage uh and i'll run and then i will finally as the last thing bonus action uh give an egyptian lotus Bardic inspiration to Imhotep. Very cute. And whisper into his ear, too late, bud. I called <laughs> oh for God. you. <laughs> I want it noted that my plan was to actually go to help you. Wow. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, poor Imhotep. Imhotep, is it my turn now? Or is it still Phantoms? I believe it is your turn now, Imhotep. So Imhotep stands there. Here's the um, Mary go, Imhotep on me, kind of nods and starts turning that way. Then here's Jack say, Imhotep on me, stops, turns a little bit that way. Then here's down the hallway, Imhotep on me, looks back over his shoulder. <laughs> sees the wolf man, like walk over to the other room. Like, okay, handled there. Looks over towards Phantom or Jack. And by the time he's decided, Phantom's got his hand on his shoulder. You're already too late, buddy. Oh. Oh. Imhotep, with his head, does a 180 and his eyes are red as he stares at the phantom. <laughs> <laughs> he takes a breath, pulls out his Kopesh, sprints down this way, so he moves 5, 10, 15, right next to Larry, pulls oh. one of the patches off of his robe, throws it into the room and goes, good luck! And then takes back the other way, 5, oh 10, <laughs> All right, so let's roll for the robe of useful items. Imhotep, why? <laughs> I guess I've only seen it be a health potion and a scroll, so I'm, I guess I can't All be right. too scared. So as you throw the patch into the room, it floats and flutters in the wind, folds origami style into four legs, a head, and a tail, and grows as a giant mastiff oh. appears in the room. It's a puppy! Wonderful! Delightful! Yeah, dog! An object? I have a question about the mastiff. He came from my patch. Does that mean he is, like, magically somewhat loyal to me? I wonder if I just magic myself a pet. It is a friendly mastiff. He is a good boy! Yay! Yes! So, 
So the robe of useful items says nothing about how long the item lasts. It does not specify that this is a temporary dog. So you got a pet? Dog. Oh, shit. So yes, Imhotep throws the thing in, runs back down the hallway. Um, Dan, do you consider my throwing that my action for the turn? I will consider that a bonus action. In that case, I'm going to take my second action and I'm going to dash to go an extra 30 feet to push past Eric and sprint into the room with Jack and I draw my Kopesh. Never call me that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that means canonically Emotep was explaining out loud what he was doing. <laughs> Coming down the hallway, I'm going to go a little bit faster. I'm going to push myself just a little bit. And excuse me, Eric. <laughs> and I'm going to come into the room and ha <laughs> Jack and the enemy both turn and stare at you, just kind of like, this guy's nuts, right? <laughs> I am here to help. I just want to say, since uh, Imhotep left the dog and the Mastiff is there, I look at the Mastiff and I go, hello, Big B. What's his name? I named the dog Big B. Like Big Boy? Through the hole of the wall. That will be up for discussion later. Shut up, my dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's add the dog to the initiative order. And I look over the dog and I'm like, it's okay, buddy. I know we're going to be best friends. (laughs) And it uh, just kind of looks up at you, tilts its head in confusion a little bit and goes, Oh, no, guys, I just did like a quick little look and I already have his name. Azizi, it means precious. Oh. <laughs> Azizi, a big B, Azizi. All right, so Aziz Ansari has been added into your journey. <laughs> <Please, no, laughs> don't do that to me. <laughs> do not do this to me. <laughs> He's going to try and open a nightclub. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so that is Imhotep's turn. So now staring down a big dog, a big patchwork man, and a medium-sized Larry. Hey, man. (laughs) The bad Cockney accent cultist is going to, in a panic, pull out from under his cloak a whistle, is going to blow on it. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Nobody except Larry and Azizi hear the pitch. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) Oh, no. So both of you take one damage. Oh! At least it's only one. Kill the dog, I'm gonna destroy him. Larry just sticks his finger in his ear and just, like, wiggles furiously. La 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 la. Imhotep, how long is the casting time on silence? Casting time is one action. It has a range of 120 feet for the duration of up to 10 minutes, as long as I'm concentrating on it. No sound can be created within or past through a 20-foot radius sphere. Creatures are deafened while entirely within it. Casting a spell that includes a verbal component is impossible here. So I can cast it anywhere within 120 feet, and then there's a 20-foot radius around us. Okay. What I will say, you hear the light lilting of a familiar melody. God damn it. (laughs) Reaching out from around all of you. This has happened to Phantom twice. I do have a plan. Imhotep, if you can say, I cast silence centered around myself faster than I can get out the melody, then you beat it to it. So, on the count of three, three, two, one, go. I cast silence centered around me. All of you are enveloped in silence. Imhotep is holding on to his focus. He's got his hand in the air and he's just kind of scanning everything as he's focusing on the spell. And Phantom, make a perception roll with advantage. Oh, come on. I can do better than that with advantage. Come on. Come on. No, I cannot. 14. With a 14, as you look 
up to your north, you see a tall, lanky figure that is staring at you with the face of what the Invisible Man would recognize as the teacher that he was speaking with earlier. You wouldn't necessarily have context for that, but you know immediately that something's amiss when he tilts his head completely upside down and squints at you with confusion. The neck elongates and the jaw distends down and no sound emits and it snaps back in confusion, (laughs) melts down into the ground below you and you see a little bit of earth upturned as it tunnels its way up the staircase. I would love to tell everyone about this, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Just draw us a picture. Mm -hmm. Like you told us about a whole bunch of other stuff. (laughs) I can't hear your sass, sir. We're silenced. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing that reinforcements have not come, the bad cockney cultist is going to hold its sword out of the Frankenstein monster, look back at the vampiric cultist behind him, and is going to throw the lantern down on the ground. A little bit of fire is going to spring up in front of him. He's going to then swing his longsword at the wall behind him to take down the rest of it and back up into the room with the invisible man, Imhotep, and the vampire cultist as some light fire blocks the path between the two rooms. Oh, shit. Well, that's son of a bitch. That will end his turn. Now it is the vampire spawn cultist's turn. This one is going to make a multi-attack. So it's going to first make a claw attack at Imhotep. And that's a nine. My armor class with the robe is 11. So that does not hit. So then it's going to attempt to bite at the invisible man. And that is a 17. Ah, that hits. So it's going to deal... Nine damage. And have you restrained. So that will end its turn. And then the cultist that was down in the south room that the phantom left behind is going to open the door, take a look out shakily, close the door again. (laughs) And then if you listen real closely, you can hear to the south of you a window breaking and some hurried footsteps. (laughs) He's been reformed. Yay. Did he have a name? His name was... Buckingham. Timothy Buckingham. Oh, Timothy, until we meet again. I know you and Larry will be great friends. (laughs) So now it is the invisible man's turn. You are restrained. So you can try to break free of being grappled as an action. Uh, And there's nothing else I could do, right? I may fudge the rules a little bit depending on what you have in mind. I essentially want to try and flip the dagger to where it's now backhanded held and then stab behind me to maybe try and like get them to drop their grip. And then I'm planning to try and escape the grapple that way. I will say you can go ahead and do that as an attack with advantage. Okay. But unless you crit, you're not going to break free of being grappled. Shit. Okay. So while I'm doing this, I'm just going to yell out to Emotep. Which we cannot hear. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Uh, Oh, you said with advantage, right? With advantage, which means if you hit, that's a sneak attack. Oh, thank God. That'd be awesome. (laughs) So that's 16. A 16 hits. Ooh. Oof. 
So Jack flips the dagger backhandedly and just stabs towards the leg and tries to drag the blade upwards, hoping that they're going to let go. But I mean, we're going to see what ends up happening. Go ahead and roll for damage. I think just 10 damage. 10 damage. So now it is the Frankenstein monster's turn. Ah, okay. So since this asshole decided to put fire there, and I hate fire. How big are the fl- are the flames like really big or are they just like a tiny, small little thing that I could possibly jump over? I will say you can make an acrobatics check to try to get over the fire. But if you fail, you will take fire damage. That's a minus one. Too bad it's not a Lennox roll. Oh, well, screw it. Risk it for the biscuit. Because as much as I hate the fire, Frankenstein's anger towards the Cockney guy for what he did in the graveyard when we first started is greater so it's kind of like i hate this but i hate him more okay 17 minus 116 i will say that you cleared a majority of the fire a little bit of it got your legs but you will only take a d4 of damage okay that's gonna be two damage i roar as i jump over the fire into the other room okay and you still have your action so sorry jack i'm focused on cockney asshole over here so i'm taking a swing at him okay so go ahead and roll to attack That is a unnatural 20. That hits. Yay. Ah, there we go. So go ahead and roll for damage. Nine. Okay, so he takes nine damage. And after I, like, whack the cockney guy, I look over and I see what's going on with Jack. And I just give the vampire the biggest death glare, like, essentially translating to your next. Okay, so now it is the wolfman's turn. Okay, so he sees... Mary, jump through the wall of fire. Now I'm just stuck in this room with this dog. In this room currently on fire. So I'm like, uh, okay, uh, come out of the fire And it can't hear you. <laughs> You're welcome. Let me try and describe. I do kissy faces and I do the come here hands. And then I crouch down on the floor. Roll animal handling with advantage. My animal handling zero, funny enough, but I rolled a 17. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. With a 17, Azizi comes to you. Ooh, it's a good little boy. And I give him some scritches. And then I'm like, you know what? I think this in my head because he hear me. But I think, you know what? This gives me a very interesting idea. I'm going to bring Azizi over to Phantom. I am going to try and give Phantom my bag mask and say, mouth the words, Try and give this to Mary so his face doesn't get stolen. <laughs> I'll hand him over the mask. <laughs> My little back mask. Okay. I'm going to take it. I'm trying to decide if I uh, understood what it was for. So Wolfman roll performance. I do big old muscle arms and then do like bag over face. Uh, and then I don't know, like little hug my arms, keep safe. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> performance is a plus zero i got a 13 phantom what is your passive perception oh god 12 i end this with a smile and nod and a thumbs up with a 12 um not the best charades you've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) so i point to the mask thumbs up nod and then i start backing up out of this place thinking you got it you're a smart theater guy you you get it phenomenal Awesome. I'm going to run outside, actually. And does that end your turn? Depends. Hey, Dan, how do you feel about getting another token on the board? 
I am fine with making that part of this same turn, and that will end your turn. Okay, so Larry goes out of you, and that's it for all of y'all. Uh-oh. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky, sneak. I'm gonna be a little sneak. But it's for a good cause, because I'm a little worried about Mary's face potentially being stolen. And I want to also protect mine, so I'll give him my bag. But I'm going to transform into a dog real quick. Wait, was this at will? or? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Okay, so now it is the Phantom's turn. Okay, so I do have a positioning question. Invisible Man is restrained or whatever. But is he restrained facing towards the door? I will say facing away from the door. Is Frankenstein monster looking at the door? I will say the Frankenstein monster is facing towards the door. Phenomenal. So I'm going to put on the bag head, completely (laughs) ignoring what Jordan wanted. (laughs) Cool, that's fine. Perfect. Yay. (laughs) Run to the door. I'm going to mime in there, dramatically clutch my throat, reach for the sky, and slowly take the bag off to like simulate a face getting stolen. Nice! And then point up the stairs and then toss the bag head thing at the Frankenstein monster. Excellent. If you didn't have inspiration before, you do now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. All right, so now it is Aziz's turn. He's going to run into the room. He's going to see the two cultists that are attacking and he sees the one that is closer to Imhotep that was just attacked by the Frankenstein monster, looks at the one restraining the Invisible Man, and looks at the one that seems like a bigger danger to specifically Imhotep. And he's going to pounce and push the Cockney cultist back through the fire. Oh. So it's going to be five damage from the pounce, plus four damage from the fire, as this cultist is now in the other room again. So he will take nine damage. Too bad when Azizi was like moving the body over it didn't douse the flames a little bit. And also too bad that Azizi took four fire damage. Oh, Azizi! And having now taken his five HP, oh. is going to poof out of existence. No! But first, he's going to look at Imhotep, give a little nod and a smile and then poof out of existence. How does the dog smile? You know how dogs get that little, like, upturned lips as they open their mouth to pant? Yeah. It's a dog smile, and you know that he is satisfied that he helped you. Yep. I'm sad now. Me too. Aww. Puppy. So now it is Imhotep's turn. Seeing Azizi fling himself through the fire like that, He's going to stop his chanting, go from chanting to just going, no, and he's going to also leap through the flames, like try to leap over or through them. Make an acrobatics check. Five. You will take a D6 of fire damage. That's a six. Ooh. So Amotep is going to roll through, come out the other side, and is going to swing his attack. But what I'm going to be doing is casting my... Green Flame Blade, which is brandishing my weapon, use a spell casting, and make a melee attack. So I'm rolling a melee attack with my Kopesh. So go ahead and roll to hit. Five. Five does not hit. He leaps to his feet and just jumps out of the way of where you're swinging. So he's going to take his turn, seeing the direction that everything's gone now, and is going to 
book it out of the room. Pull the whistle again. No. Wolfman, take one damage. Ah! Phantom, you see a couple of different faces peek down the stairs. Make a perception roll with advantage. Oh, I'm sure that I'm going to love what I see. I'm sure that whatever it is I'm about to view will be so good for me. You know what? I shouldn't even have worried about it. 12. (laughs) Not paying much attention, I guess. (laughs) You're just relishing the fact that Jack's suffering. (laughs) With a 12, you see and you hear the Diesire and you see that this thing is singing. And that is where this music has been coming from. And that is what's been causing your lapses in perception. And... As you brace yourself when you hear the lilting tune. Well, now, now, this has happened to Phantom a few times, and I've been formulating. A part of prestidigitation is that I can play my own lilting music in the air, and I saw it coming this time. Can I play perfectly discordant notes that ruin it? Go ahead and roll performance. Come on, this is this is the culmination. What's all the years at Juilliard for if not for this? <laughs> oh, not oh, 20. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, say hello to the cultists. <laughs> With a nat 20, as you hear the music, the cultists disappear from the room. And then as you play your own melody back, you see them reappear at the stairwell flanked behind them by this monstrous creature that all, as they're kind of making their panicked run upstairs, stop in their tracks, look to each other confused, and then at a slow, gentle walk make their way up the stairwell. Interesting. Well, what are you all doing? Come on. I just, I need a little bit of a breather. Jack's going to go ahead and grab one of the chairs and just kind of like sit down for a little bit, trying to put some bandages back over his face and over his arms after taking quite a bit of damage. Wait, you were unbandaged? Were you uh, drop visibility? No, um, it was just the fact that like with the amount of damage that I took, there's probably some tearing. Got it. So he's reproportioning the bandages and everything. Phantom is going to size up the invisible man while he's not fully bandaged now that I can see him. And honestly, you're you're probably the first person that's been able to see him for years. Grayson, describe what you look like. Oh, shit. Um, under the bandages, you can kind of see lightly tanned white skin with maybe a little bit of stubble that you can kind of see on the other side. He's also like readjusting his goggles and everything. And you can see a little bit of dark-ish green eyes. And then he just kind of like puts them back on. And then as he's readjusting his hat, he's got like very dirty blonde hair. Huh, I would not have expected. I was honestly afraid of that question. I was like, shit, like (laughs) in my head, the serum itself like adjusted quite a bit of what it is that you see. So the blonde is really just kind of like the light fracturing off of the brown blackish hair. Oh, so he's just kind of weird and blurry and slightly. Yeah. Ethereal almost. Interesting. Cool. Can, can I describe what dog is doing? Yes. Okay. So no one can see, uh, except maybe Emotep if he looks out the door, but there's this little kind of shaggy dark brown dog has walked into this building and is sniffing the ground and kind of looking around and is 
not finding what he was looking for and is kind of whimpering. Just, Mm. And Larry's thinking, where did the Mastiff go? Where's our big boy friends? You're going to make me feel bad. I was going to team up with him and we were going to help solve this mystery together. And so I'm like, well, okay, I, I can't find my friend. Um, but but at least my other friends are here and he's wagging his tail. And I think the first room he goes into is the one with Emotep. You know what? Screw it. Wolfman, roll perception with advantage. Oh. Okay. 17. Where Aziz poofed out of existence, mm-hmm. you find a little patch of the robe of useful items oh. in its place. Mm-hmm. I take it into my mouth because I don't have hands no more. And I do that and I walk up to... Emotep and I sit down just right in front of him, patch in mouth, kind of like, take, please take, take. Uh, Emotep kind of leans down a little bit and takes the patch out of the dog's mouth. Bark. <laughs> Thank you for delivering this to me. Bark. Reaches a bony hand out and gently pets the dog's head. I imagine the bones kind of catch the fur a little bit, so you get a little bit of the whites of the eyes, but the dog is tolerating it. <laughs> <laughs> dog gets up, wags tail goes into other room is phantom standing in the door or he was but when he sees you he's gonna be disgusted at like a wild animal and he's gonna give you a wide berth to go inside (laughs) okay he just like shakes tail looks happy sees you step away shrugs walks in room wag 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 sits down kind of looks around in this room sees that nobody is a problem here anymore uh, is Mary wearing the burlap sack on his head or no? I wasn't wearing the burlap sack. No, I was too busy focusing on the cultists. Okay. Dog is going to look at Mary not wearing the sack. Do a dog sigh. <laughs> Walk into the hallway. Look at Phantom go bark. And then he's going to start sniffing his way up the stairs and try and solve the mystery. Detective dogs on the case. Did this just turn into Scooby-Doo? Hell yeah, just turned into Scooby-Doo. Let's go! <laughs> Good. We are the outcasts, the misfits you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste For the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it Just another haunted night, shrouded with unearthly fright So when you're oh so terrified, you know who to call The world is falling apart, we'll never take you to heart Thank you so much for listening to this episode of D and Dark, created and hosted by myself, Danger Dan Jers. Listen to the end for this episode's blooper. If you enjoy this show, and I certainly hope you do if you've made it this far, please let us know by leaving us a review on ratethispodcast.com slash dndark, so that way we can get this podcast into more people's ears. Also, shout out at us on Reddit at r slash dndarkpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at dndark underscore podcast. Dark's cast is Aaron Caulfield as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera, Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, Ben Magnet as Mary, the Frankenstein Monster, 
and Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the mummy. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni, recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Our cover art was provided by Jordan Nelson. Listen to new episodes of Dean Dark Wednesdays, anywhere you find podcasts. Math tutoring? At this time of night? Yeah, what time of day, day is it? I think it's it's daytime. Day. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I didn't say that. I thought it was nighttime. At this time of day? <laughs> How dare they be doing math? Well, that's the devil's work. <laughs> At this time of day, in this room, completely uh, completely centralized within this building? Yes. <laughs> yes. Can I see it? No. Nope. <laughs>